Hey everybody, it's Cheryl Hunter, and you are listening to The 360 Entrepreneur with Jan Ilunga. Welcome! This is episode 36, and today we talk about how to turn setbacks into success. Here we go! Welcome to The 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs and small business owners who dream big and want to do bigger. Join some of the world's top entrepreneurs, internet marketers, and best-selling authors as they share their inspiring stories, their struggles, and give actionable tips that will help you build, grow, and promote your online business. Here's your host, Yanni Lunga. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to episode 36 of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. I hope you're ready for a fantastic episode. And I really think that this is one of those episodes everybody should listen to, regardless of who you are, what you do, what your business is about. You need to listen to this one, all right? Because I think that everybody, every now and then, hits a rough patch, right? So you have a tough time, you're having a bad period, nothing seems to be working, nobody seems to really understand you, be able to help you. Well, if that's you, you're listening to the perfect episode. Today we talk about how to turn setbacks into success. So we're going to get some very specific tips on not only what to think about when we face challenges when we're having a tough time, but also some things we can actually do to move through any challenge we face in life. And before I tell you more about today's incredible guest, let's take a quick second to check out today's sponsor. If you're looking for a web hosting service, my number one recommendation is Bluehost. For just $3.95 a month, you get a limited web hosting and a limited domain, which means that you can host as many websites as you want with just a single Bluehost account. You get 24-7 top-notch support and you can install all of your WordPress sites with just a couple of clicks. Go to 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost to sign up. And when you do, Bluehost gives you a $50 Facebook credit and $100 worth of Google AdWords. That's at 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost. All right, so today we are joined by motivational speaker, best-selling author, media personality, Cheryl Hunter. And she's here to talk about her story, her bestseller, Use It, How to Turn Setbacks into Success, and to share her inspiring and actionable tips with us. you find the show notes with the links to everything Cheryl and I discuss here at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 36. Let's hear it. Here is how to turn setbacks into success with Cheryl Hunter. Hey everybody, I hope you're having a great day and you're ready for a super inspiring episode of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. And today we talk about something very serious that I hope is going to really help you when you have some challenges. Today we talk about how to turn setbacks into success and man... What a guest we have here joining us. She's a transformational expert. She's a coach. She's a writer. She's a speaker. She has the, she's the author of, this, of the best-selling book, Use It, Turn Setbacks into Success. And as a motivational speaker, she has been featured in places like TED, Forbes, CNN, CBS, and many, many other great places. I'm super pumped to welcome on the show, Cheryl Hunter. Hey, Cheryl, how's it going? Hey there, Jan. Thanks so much. It's going well. How about you? I'm fantastic, especially now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> what a welcome. I love it. 
Awesome, awesome. I know that you are there in sunny LA, a beautiful day, and I'm sure you're gonna rock this episode. So I mentioned that you do so many incredible things. You're a, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're an author, and I know that you're really passionate about what you do. And I want to ask if you can share with the listeners, in case someone doesn't know about you yet, what is it that you do? Sure. So like you said, I'm a, I'm a best-selling author. I frequently speak in the media about how we can be our most resilient, how we really can bounce back no matter what life throws at us. I come from the fundamental belief that we're stronger than anything that comes our way. We're just mm -hmm. bigger than it all. Now, I didn't start out with that belief. It wasn't necessarily... <laughs> one I had as a kid or anything, but it like life hands us interesting circumstances. It was something that came to me with what I experienced in life. As a teenager, I went overseas with my best friend at the time. And I was approached by a couple of men who said they could make me a model if I were just to go off with them. Mm -hmm. Well, against my better judgment, I went anyway, and they kidnapped me. They held me captive. They finally, I, I won't, I won't, I won't fill in all the gory details. You can let your own mind do that. But finally did dump me in a park and left me for dead. And I realized at that point that the real captivity began. That may sound crazy. I mean, I had been held captive and then suddenly I was free or at least my, you know, physical body was free and my physical body healed. But mm -hmm. then I started to see, Jan, that I felt more captive than ever because it was as, as if I couldn't quite get back up my feet again. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I had decided, I was a teenager and kind of didn't know better, but I decided the way to get through it was to not tell anybody what happened, was to just pretend, even to myself, that it hadn't happened. And yet I was, I, I kept uh, hearing, you know, I had this negative conversation in my head. I had all of these now concerns and worries and fears and anger and resentment, which those are the things that really comprised the prison that I was then living in. And mm -hmm. I realized suddenly that if I felt captive and there was no one there who was holding me captive, that I must in fact be the captor. And right. the, it was a kind of a rude awakening. And, and the, the thing that I realized in that moment is that I wasn't alone, that that's really kind of the, the human condition in some way, a very real way to be captive by things and to not be able to quite see our way out of it. So I, I set about on a journey to figure out the notion of captivity and how we, more importantly, the notion of how we begin to set ourselves free and ultimately liberate ourselves as, as human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, you know, Cheryl, first of all, I'm, I'm terribly sorry about what happened to you, but I'm happy of the way you responded and you know look at your look at you today you you're a motivational speaker you inspire thousands of people obviously you appear also in media and you provide valuable advice and guys 
you find more details about Cheryl, inspiring story also in her best-selling book, Use It, Turn Setbacks into Success, like every episode, you find the links to everything Cheryl and I cover in this episode in the show notes. And Cheryl, now I'm curious, I have to ask you, because obviously in your book, you talk about your personal story, but you also have turned the book not only into kind of an autobiography, but also as a manual that people can use when they face challenges and setbacks, not necessarily those that you face, but challenges in, in life. And I want to ask you, what, what have you learned in your own experience and what do you think people can do for turning setbacks into success? Well, there are, there are several tips and I can go over those over the course of this time, but one of the most profound ones is, is, is one that I'll cover in a moment and I want to set it up in a particular way because mm-hmm. occasionally when someone's heard this without the explanation, like if it's absent a context, people have said, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible advice. I totally disagree with you. Someone read the chapter in my book and came to, I was, I was uh, doing a reading from the book and they, were, they stood up and were arguing, how dare you say this? <laughs> and so here's what I, <laughs> here's, here's what I want to say. And a couple, of, a couple of the points I'll make are kind of like this. Uh, I, I encourage people to find something that they can seize ownership over. Now, to be crystal clear, what I don't mean is if, for example, uh, you know, something happens like it, like in my circumstance of, of being abducted, I'm not saying I'm, I'm to blame or at fault or there's any shame there or any of that nonsense. But what I'm saying is in each of the difficulties or challenges that we face, there's one consistent, constant uh, it's sort of uh, inevitable feeling that it, it it feels like when these bad things happen, these things that we wouldn't have chosen, that the that the world is spinning out of control. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I certainly do. Like we we have our we don't have our hands on life anymore. We we're not in control in any way. It feels like the the center or the locus of control is not located where we are any longer, but it's out there separate from us and. That feeling gives rise to hopelessness and despair and all kinds of other secondary negative feelings. So to stop the experience of the world spinning out of control, what I advise people to do is to find something, even one teeny tiny aspect over which they can claim ownership, anything, anything at all. It can be around the incident itself or in the time period afterward, something that you can grab a hold of because the moment you do that and you, you, you claim ownership over something, it's like you get a toehold in and can start climbing up out of this pit of despair or difficulty or challenge. It, so it, I'm going to take it, I, I've, I've given the, uh, the sort of the overview, but I want to I take it out of the hypothetical into the real here. Mm-hmm. So if you remember a few minutes ago, I said, against my better judgment, I went with these two men. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the, the truth is they, they walked up with a you know big camera around their neck and said, hey, I can make you a model. And I thought, ooh, this guy kind of creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> and, and my best friend that I was with, he started shouting at her and goes, no, you can't come. Because she said, uh, I, no, this isn't a good idea. I don't want to do this. And it, it, you're not invited. You can't come anyway. And, he, and she said, looked to me and said, over my dead body, you're going with these guys. Mm-hmm. And so I had a negative feeling myself. And then there was what she said. And I thought I shouldn't go. But even though my gut said otherwise, I thought, oh, but I, 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 I would like to be able to not have to go home to my small town. And if I, if I were in fact a model, I, I, I tried to talk myself into staying, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? That, that it, I knew better, but I tried to talk myself in, into it. Then I could stay in Europe or I could stay in the big city or I wouldn't have to go back home. And all this nonsense came after the, after I already knew that it wasn't a good idea. And the moment I could seize ownership over that, and, and for each of us, the moment we can seize ownership over one tiny, teeny aspect. I did this recently with a client who was let go from his really great executive job. And he said, it, when we went through this process, he's like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. And I go, just consider, just, just, to, just to, you know, take a day or two and get back to me. And he came back and said, I was always trying to prove myself to my boss. Mm-hmm. And the way I would do it is getting in his face and like going toe to toe with him. And I would fight, everything became a battle. And he said, I must've been a real pain in the neck to deal with. <laughs> and it was like, and, and he suddenly was like, wow, you know, I started thinking I lost my job because of, because of my age or because, uh, you know, that it was the marketplace or, you know, the, the, the economy and all these things. He goes, I have no control over any of that stuff. My age, the marketplace, the economy. I do have control over fighting with my boss. <laughs> and I can absolutely change that at any moment. So that's the first step from bouncing back from any challenge. Find something for which you can seize ownership that will suddenly foist you back into the position of being in control as opposed to being at the effect of. I love it. And you know what I what I really actually I I was thinking of asking you, uh, you know, what is it that, that you did? So thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Cheryl. And what I really like about that point is that it really helps you see, uh, look at the setback, you know, kind of as an outsider and, and see it, you know, also as a positive thing. So as something you have learned from and, and you can do better next time. So also in the example, in the case of the, of your client that you just mentioned, he managed to look at you know, the way he was behaving, maybe some some behaviors that were a little bit out of line. And I'm sure that in the future, if he would be, if, if we were to be in the same situation, he probably is going to behave differently. And I know that in uh, you have a series of, of videos on your, on your YouTube channel where you share inspiration, 361 degrees, not even 360, 361 degrees. And there is something that, that you talked in, in one of your videos that, that I really, I was really curious about, and I really made a note to ask you about that. And you talk, you talked about how to become the architect of your life and, and really be happy. And I think that that's a, a great point to discuss, especially if there is someone who is listening to you and I, who's maybe who has uh, hit a rough patch. Very good. You know, uh, I, 
it, it seems oftentimes that we find ourselves living life by default, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, a lot of the work that I do it, it focuses on, on brain science. And then I, I, I am no brain science, <laughs> brain scientist, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> so if it, there are any, in fact, brain scientists listening, I apologize. But we, we do, we, in, in, our, in the education that we use at, at the Hunter Group, my company, we, we simplify, oversimplify the brain to two parts. And one is the part that manages everything uh, primal having to do with survival. Mm-hmm. And the other is the part that has to do with your, the, the, your best self. And this notion of your best self is, is really when you're, you're in the zone you're on fire, you're on purpose, you're, you're being your absolute best and you know it. And not only are you functioning optimally, everyone around you is as well. And y- y- do you know what I'm talking about? That mm-hmm. space of really being in the zone? Yeah. You know, I think each one of us has had that experience, even if it just comes in flickers. That the problem is what's the, the older, more primitive, hardwired in part of the brain is, is the, is the, the reptilian brain, <laughs> the survival <laughs> brain. So we've got this, this quandary, this conundrum that's always there that we're facing, that we're pulled to, drawn to, compelled to do everything for survival. And yet there's this undampenable human spirit that longs for more, that wants to, in fact, architect and design wonderful plans and execute them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're well-intended. We, we think that whatever we design, we should be able to fulfill. But, but if we're unaware of the survival brain, the survival imperative, and its constant mandate to basically force us back in the cave like cavemen, <laughs> <laughs> so we're huddled around the fire for warmth and frightened of going out lest we face woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers unless we're aware of that constant battle, the plans that we come up with don't get fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed how difficult it is to change? Mm-hmm. Or tr- have you ever tried a, like a new year's resolution? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, Cheryl, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a soccer player. And I remember I used to have a coach that he always said that we as people are, you know, are kind of, habit a creature we really are based on habits and it's very difficult to to change a habit it's very difficult to change like it can be done but it's, it's not easy so it takes the right mindset right and it, it it not only takes the right mindset but but what what i assert is that it takes partnering with that survival brain so it doesn't worry for you Mm-hmm. It thinks all kinds of things are a threat to our survival that in fact aren't. So now you asked the question, how does one architect their life? Now it's a, it's a process, but I think one of the most essential things to first do is to become aware of the fact that the survival brain will pull you off of whatever you try to architect so like you'd said, like in, with regards to soccer, like, you know, you tr- set out to do, you know, to, to play soccer and become a, a, a great soccer player, football player. And yet your coach, the person who's on your side 
is telling you that it's going to take something to even do the thing you love. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah. you might love to do soccer, want to do soccer, and yet you almost have to motivate yourself, trick yourself even into doing what you even want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, but it, it you know it really makes sense though with the, now with this uh, soccer example. I think it it really make like brings clarity to that to the whole point. So if we even have to almost like make ourselves do the things that are good for us, you know, eat right, sleep enough, foster our relationships that are important, you know, write the book if you want to write a book, do the you know work on your business that you need to do, etc. It's like we have to kind of trick ourselves into that in a way. And mm -hmm. one of the best ways I found to do that is to simply become aware of the tools that the survival brain uses to force you back in the cave, so to speak. Okay, elaborate now, more on that, Cheryl. I'm, I'm really, sure uh, will. you get me. <laughs> I sure will. Now, again, this is inside of the question you asked, which is how do we architect our life? First, we stop what has us not architected because mm -hmm. I assert that we naturally can come up with any plan and it's really a matter of making sure we don't take ourselves out of the game. Mm -hmm. So here's what I mean. For each one of us, there are things that happen that naturally, I, I like to use the analogy about the caveman, that naturally force us back in the cave. Some people get uh, overwhelmed. Some people get disheartened. Some people think that their ideas are not good enough. I, you know, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of, of working with, with nearly 100,000 people at this point in my career. It's really been my mission. Mm -hmm. And I see that there's all kinds of ways that we habitually take ourselves out of the game. Mm -hmm. So recently I was uh, speaking to a group of students who were just about to finish their university training. They were training to be teachers. And I went in and had this conversation with them to set them up in advance for succeeding in the field as teachers. Mm -hmm. Now they'd all been, they'd all gone through their whole university. They'd already had gone to student teach. They'd done all of that. But I said, listen, there's going to be a difference between the plan that you want, your dream for how it's going to go with you as a teacher now and what actually happens. And you want to make sure that what actually happens doesn't take you out of the game and make you go back and hide in the cave, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I had each one of them come up with the things that would naturally happen. And one of them said, I'm going to give you some of the examples because they all, the, the, it was all a case study and they all agreed that we could share their stories. Mm -hmm. And one of them said, I do this thing where I get really enthusiastic in the beginning, but then I, I work too hard and I don't eat well, I don't take care of myself and I don't sleep, and then I burn out. Mm -hmm. And then imme immediately another one says, oh my gosh, I do something really similar, <laughs> except I, <laughs> and, and then you know people all start chiming in, they got really excited, and one's like, oh, here's what I do. I save all of my work to the last possible minute and then I try to do it and it's too much and then I burn out. And there was like a whole handful of people saying they do things that they know cause them to burn out. Mm -hmm. So then we, we put that group aside. And then another person said, what I do is, I, you know, if, if one parent complains, that's one thing. But if a second one does, I start to feel like they're all going to complain. 
and they mm -hmm. all don't like what I'm doing and I get overwhelmed. And then a whole bunch of other hands went up and we had the whole crew that get overwhelmed. You start to see like there's a, a, almost, it's almost like a thematically, many of us do similar things that bring us out of the game. Mm -hmm. And so what we did was just break down so that in anticipation of things going wrong, people could know what their own brand of go going back in the cave, cave and hiding is, like what takes them out of the game. So each one of them left being really clear on what they say to themselves, how it seems, how it occurs, how they feel, so that the next time it happens, they don't think, well, I guess teaching isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Or I guess this school isn't for me. Or I guess my coworkers aren't for me. They know that that's what happens to them and that's what their survival brain does to, put, to, to keep them safe. So does that all translate? Yes, it absolutely does, Cheryl. I'm really listening to you with my mouth, with my jaw like dropped. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as each one of them came up with their predictable one or two things that take them out of the game, then we started to look at, okay, if you're prepared that that predictably will happen, what can you do differently when it does? Mm -hmm. And we started to troubleshoot in advance. And one of them, Jan, brought up a really good point. It was one, you know, again, one of the new teachers, he said, but isn't this negative thinking? Aren't we causing this negative stuff to happen? And what amazed me was one of the other teachers answered him and she said but we already do this stuff anyway this is like emergency preparedness mm, yeah. <laughs> like, we, like we do at the schools because they say that they do drills for what could go wrong not because it, it you know they want it to go wrong but so that they're prepared and we realize this it really is kind of like emergency preparedness for life Oh man, Cheryl, you're really rocking this episode. I'm having a great time talking to you. And before we carry on with this awesome conversation, let's take a quick break to thank today's sponsor. When talking about web hosting, there is no doubt. Bluehost is the number one web hosting service. For just $3.95 a month, you get a limited web hosting, a limited domain hosting, which means that you can host as many websites as you want with just a single Bluehost account, and you get 24-7 top-notch support, and you can install your WordPress sites automatically with just a couple of clicks. Go to 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost to sign up, and when you do, you get a $50 Facebook credit and $100 worth of Google AdWords. That's at 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost. That's deep. Cheryl, you're really dropping so many value and inspiration bombs. I'm really loving this conversation. And guys, if you're feeling inspired, if you're here listening to Cheryl and I, make sure to let her know, give her a shout out. You find her on Twitter at Hunter Cheryl. Make sure to let her know that you're listening to her here on the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. Cheryl, really, you're rocking this episode. And I want to, to take a couple of steps back and, and comment on something you said at the beginning of, of your answer. Because when you talked about being at our best, being on fire, being in the zone, you also talked about the fact that when we're in the zone, it's not only about us, but it's also about everyone around us. You said that, you know, we are doing well, but 
so are people around us. And sometimes I think that when we face uh, when we face a challenge, maybe uh, we either you know close ourselves, we isolate ourselves, or maybe we we reach out for help. But sometimes when everything goes well, we kind of forget about people. And I know that you you talk about the power of gratitude in one of your videos, and I'm gonna link to that in the show notes. But can you share one or or two? Uh, of, of your thoughts in terms of you know why gratitude is so powerful and why we shouldn't forget about being grateful. So, uh, I don't. I, I'm going to say something about affirmations in mm-hmm. a moment. Don't get me wrong. I, I love affirmations. They're 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 nice. They're they're you know they're nice. They're they're nice. I've I've done them for years. And having said that, however, comma. <laughs> <laughs> What I mean by gratitude is not is not just the sort of affirmations type of gratitude. I don't mean like, boy, uh, you know, heavens, universe, self, thanks <laughs> for um, being alive today. I, I mean, you know, or thanks for the sun or thanks for the meal. Although those things, great, you know, give thanks for those if, if it inspires you. I actually, I actually have a deeper take on, on gratitude that I think gives us a contextual shift in life that can make all the difference. And here's what it is. You know, life gives us what it gives us, as we've been discussing, you know, throughout the course of this, of this conversation. And sometimes it's, it's wonderful and it looks like flowers and rainbows, you know, it comes as a friend of mine likes to say, it comes wrapped in puppies and kittens. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it comes wrapped. I grew up in a horse ranch in a, like in what might look like a steaming pile of uh, horse dung, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's life, you know, sometimes it's, it's wrapped in puppies and kittens. And sometimes it's a pile of crap excuse me for being crass, but that's how (laughs) life is. And it's easy to say, oh, thank you for this wonderful meal, or thank you for this glorious day, or thank you for the fact that I'm actually actually alive today. But I think it, it, it requires something more of us to dig deep and say, all right, thank you for the, the struggles that I'm having today. And the, 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 the challenges I'm having in my business, because it's causing me to stop and get present to what, what really matters, mm-hmm. both to, to me and, and my staff and, and to those around us, just to like really take a moment and, and get connected to, to ourselves, to our purpose, to, to each other, you know? And, and I found, as crazy as, as crazy as this may sound, that the moment I was able to actually say, all right, and maybe there's something I don't get in this whole big picture of life, but I'm just going to say thank you for the fact that I went through the abduction. As crazy as that might sound, as counterintuitive and illogical and insane as that might sound, in the moment I did that, the gifts that it held started to reveal themselves. Like one, the enormous amount of people around me who were dealing with challenges that I could never have previously imagined. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally started telling the truth and like, I will just t- telling at all that it occurred. Suddenly those people felt like they had the freedom to be around me. And as I started telling the story, then publicly 
people started coming out of the out of the you know the woodwork so to speak i you know people by the hundreds started reaching out and saying thank you because i you know i i dealt with whatever mm-hmm. you know horrible situation losing a child or you know losing a job or or a, you know a family member or or coming out of the closet at 77 for Pete's sake i mean the the stories that i've heard have just been humbling but but where you know i would never have found those and and been able to contribute if it wasn't for getting to the place of gratitude for that which i even hated most so if we can find gratitude for for all of it and muster it up it re frames everything. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that perspective shift that deep gratitude affords us, it, life is is forever altered. It's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, while you were listening, I was really thinking that, yeah, with that kind of mindset, you kind of try to see everything in a, you know, under a positive life or, or try to get the kind of the good thing out of even even something horrible like like you you share with us you try to to kind of get you know it's like if you're a sailboat and you try to to get the wind out of a situation where there isn't any wind kind of right exactly you know you, you, you we, it's one more of those opportunities that we have to bring life back into our control yeah you know, like they say, we're on this rock hurtling through space at X billion <laughs> miles per hour, you know, <laughs> barely lightly tethered here by gravity. And we think we're in control. Clearly, we're not. But there are things we can control. And I think it's essential to control the things we can. Cheryl, really, thank you so much for being here with us. I mentioned your Twitter account, Hunter Cheryl. You're very active there. Obviously, there is your website. CherylHunter.com, where I want you guys all to go to subscribe to the newsletter so that you can get more inspiration right there in your inbox. And Cheryl, if you were to give one final piece of advice or words of encouragement for the people who are listening to you and I, what would you tell them if maybe they're, you know, they are afraid of something and they maybe they're they're facing a situation and they want to move through those that situation or they've lost you know the passion somehow and they want to really get kind of just go beyond this setback and really achieve the success yes uh i i did a tedx talk called wabi sabi which all oh, right japanese, yeah <laughs> a japanese principle wabi sabi the magnificence of imperfection and it's totally counter to how we normally think of imperfection being magnificent. What? Mm-hmm. But it, at the end of it, there's a quote that I say there that, you know, by all means, go watch the video. It's 14 minutes long. But uh, I just want to give you this piece here. You are magnificent. And what makes you magnificent, consider that really what makes you magnificent is everything that you've previously believed is wrong with you. I want you to just really take a moment to, to reframe even that, the things that you've hid, the things that you've thought, oh, I wish that weren't the case. <laughs> Consider, you can, you, that's really what makes you so unique, so magnificent, and be grateful even for that. 
Cheryl, that's deep, really. Cheryl, thank you again for taking some time off your day for being here with us. And obviously I will also include the link to your TED talk so that people who have tuned in and that have been here with you and I can definitely get the most out of that video. And again, guys, make sure to go to CherylHunter.com to sign up for the newsletter. And if you want to get more, if you want to learn more about Cheryl and her story and get more inspirational tips, definitely check out her book, Use It, Turn Setbacks into Success. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. My pleasure, Jan. All right, everybody, we are back. Cheryl, thank you so much for all your tips, for your wisdom, for your inspiration, and thank you for taking time off your busy schedule, for being here with us, telling us more about your incredible story. And please keep doing what you're doing because you're a true inspiration. And I mentioned at the beginning, I just want to remind you again, in case you may be out for a walk at the gym, in the car, Whenever you get a chance to get in front of a computer, go to 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 36 so that you can access the show notes with the link to Cheryl's book, the TED Talk video we mentioned, her YouTube channel where you can find more inspiration, her website, and much, much more. The next episode, we're going to be talking about something that isn't exactly a trend yet, but it's becoming popular little by little, and it's something that you can implement if you want to grow your business. And we're gonna hear more about virtual summits. Jan here, thank you so much for taking time off your day, for being here with Cheryl and I, and I wish you a great day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. For more tips and tools, head over to www.360entrepreneur.net.